The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Welcome to another episode of Connected, the Side Street Studio podcast where we have conversations with members of the art community. My name is Yvette, and joining us today we have uh, William Lopez. Although he is originally from Eldrum, William has been serving time at the Dixon Correctional Center, where he has gained the position of art instructor. We talk about how art has helped him heal and change his outlook on life, and how he hopes to bring that positivity to the community. We also talk about how the COVID pandemic has affected his day-to-day life and his art practice. This interview was recorded on the phone in 20-minute intervals, since that is all the time he is allowed to have uh, for one phone conversation. So if you hear any like automated voices, and that's that's why. Hello, this is a free call from. An inmate at Dixon Correctional Center. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this, be aware. Any attempt to add a third party to any call from Illinois DOC will result in inmate disciplinary action, and the involved end user's phone number will be globally blocked from future calls from all Illinois DOC facilities. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. What's up, Mia? Hi, how are you? I'm good. You could start off by introducing yourself and where you grew up and um like how you got into art. Okay. You know, my name is William. I grew up in Elgin, back and forth from Elgin in Puerto Rico. Right down the street from for the studios at And did you did you live in like several places in Elgin? Is that what you said? I lived all over. I lived all over. Really? I lived behind Farmsix, behind Butera's, the apartments by J.J. Peppers, uh, the mother apartment. It's like by ECC, up on the west side. Oh, yeah. I know where ECC is at, but, like, I don't really know much of the area over, like, I feel like I'm still new here, <laughs> even though I've been here for some time. You, you being new there and everything, I used to know that it's not there no more, so it's like we're both in the same boat. Yeah. So, like, moving back and forth from Puerto Rico to Elgin, like, what would you say was, like, your favorite parts of growing up? Or, like, did you like Puerto Rico more than Elgin? Or how would you describe that? Yes. Yeah, I love Puerto Rico. I like it more than, than here. Yeah? What, did, was there, like, a real difference in, like, culture? Oh, yeah. It's a big difference from the language... You know, there's always that language barrier, you know. Mm-hmm. Spanish name, knocking it out there. And then English over here. And then the food. I miss the food. The food? Yeah, me and Mariana yeah. are making a cooking show, and she was teaching me how to make arroz con arbituelas, and that was totally arroz. new to me. Arbituelas. Huh? Arroz con ganduras or arbituelas? She said arbituelas. Yeah, that's, that's kidney beans. But 
I know Mexicans, they call all beans frijoles. Yeah, to me, that's, I was just calling those beans. I was like, oh, these are frijoles. And she's like, no, they're not. They're habichuelas. And I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, so, you know, uh, then that different cultures, like of Hispanics, they got different names for different food, but it'd be the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I wouldn't call, like, what we made, I wouldn't call that frijoles, you know, because, like, when I think of frijoles, I think of, like, the pot and, like, the the pinto beans. I mean, pinto or black beans. Yeah. So, the food is definitely, definitely different, like, between culture to culture, you know. You can't really group it all into one. No. Mm -hmm. That's what makes beautiful and diverse. Mm -hmm. like painting. Yeah. World. So, when would you say that you started getting into art? I was always attracted to art and had the artistic ability. Since I was a kid, I just never really knew what I was doing. Like, I used to do graffiti when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I got out of tagging on the walls, vandalism, what people consider it now. Right. I didn't know it. Well, there's I didn't know it. this whole movement of, like, street art going on now. Yeah. Yeah. But in a lot of places, you still need permission. Oh, yeah, you know, you got to get all the, all the proper paperwork now. But I didn't know what I was doing back then. I just doing what I was doing. Then I remember I went to that school uh, uh, on Gifford, uh, Gifford Street High School. I think it's called Central. Mm. Or Mediana. Uh, I remember I used to do some, uh, uh, I did like a... It was a style of that lady, uh, her name right now, or her, George, George, George O'Keefe. Oh, George O'Keefe? Yeah, and I had to, my own interpretation of oranges, like that. I remember a teacher at that school, she liked my work, and I, you know, I got a good grade and everything for about, ah, I'm done with that, threw it in the trash, and she got mad at me. Oh, but <laughs> I'm getting mad at you just saying that. Why would you throw it in the trash? Cause I got I got the, I did it for the grade, you know, like, I didn't know what, like, didn't know the real value of art, you know, like, mm -hmm. project, like, you don't know the value of art, so you actually have it. Mm-hmm. So, you know? when would you say that, like, your, your professional practice started? In prison. <laughs> in prison? Did you... All in prison. You got professional when you were in prison. Did you like you taught yourself how to how to paint and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I'm so child and error. I already had like a general idea of like of drawing. I had started drawing, making like cards and drawing on envelopes, like to my ex girlfriends or whatever chick that I used to be writing at the time. Mm-hmm. Other pictures, you know, like. Little sentimental stuff that girls like, but still, I mean, that was like your your way of making yeah, art. And so, how did you? Because you work as a an instructor in the the Dixon Correctional Center right now, right? Like, how did you get that job? Well, I, I got the job because before this job, I I was working as a a chef for the staff. Like, I used to cook for the CEOs and supervisors and other staff members at the facility and the guy that runs my department 
I had told him, hey, you ever have an opening, though? I'd like to be interested in, I got a job. I used to always be like, he's like, man, what do you want today, a salad? And I'll make him a salad or whatever he wanted. I had built it up kind of like a little relationship with him, you know, through the food. Yeah. I guess I got the job. That's, yeah, it's all about networking. Yeah. You know, it's all how you treat people. You know, I always feel like you treat people cordially, you know, like, be cordial for them and give everybody their respect and they give it back to you. Right. So there's a story about um, your box with all your things in it that um, you told me about once. Like, would you like to share that story with our listeners? Oh, yeah. So I got these two boxes that we, that's like my whole life. The box is like by one and a half, like one by, by one and a half and one foot high. That's my little box. And what do you have in those boxes? And the little box, it's all correspondence, like my pictures, letters, books, writing materials. And in my big box, it's two and a half by one and three-fourths by one foot. So that's all my food and hygiene and clothes going in that big box. And so, so like everything you own are, are in these two boxes? Yep, my whole life. Literally, my whole life fits in a box. You could say. It's just, it's crazy because like I'm looking, I'm looking around my apartment right now, and I'm like, I, I have so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you really don't learn to like. You learn like not to really be like a hoarder and stuff like that. You know, like don't really appreciate all that extra material. You know, you know, realize that life is all material, materialistic. You know. Mm-hmm. So I used to make these boxes to uh, to a desk. So I sit in my big box and put my little box on top of it, make like a little desk, a little drawing desk, because I never had like a little table in my in my room. Now the rooms they set up like uh, I guess the best way to compare them to is if you guys like lock yourself in your bathrooms and remove the tub and that's your room right there. That's your bed. So it's just like a bed and a toilet. Damn. Yep. It depends because some rooms are smaller, some rooms are bigger. Does it depend? Yeah. Like, how do you get into like these rooms that are different sizes? Like, does it depend, or is it just random? It, it depends, like the facility you're at, or like it depends. Mhm. Like the location, like when I was down south. One of Max is called uh, Menard, the rooms. I think they're like five feet by like nine. It was super small. Dang, that's tiny. It was small. It's like, like you can't even lie I, down. You can only lie down like one way. Exactly. Like I could touch both walls, like one arm straight and my other arm elbow had to be bent and I was touching both walls. Like that's how small the walls were. Damn, and so you you carried your boxes throughout these, like, facilities? Yeah, they go with you everywhere you go. So, the little box, like, I use it as my little drawing table. I used to paint on it. So I know my boxes because I'm a painter, so I got paint all over my stuff. So 
get to a, another facility. I think I, uh, at this time, I think I've been to four or five different facilities. I think when I got to the fifth facility, I'm looking for my boxes. And now I see these brand new boxes. Like, like so I see these brand new boxes, and I see everybody get their boxes, and these boxes are standing there. They're just sitting there, like, I'm waiting for my stuff. I'm like, so I asked, like, the, the guys that was passing out the property. I'm like, hey, uh, where's my boxes at? That's right there. I said, hey, my shit, man. They're like, that's your stuff right there. Look, they showed me the paper. I'm like, man, that's not my boxes. I'm like, what you mean this ain't your boxes? I'm like, my boxes got paint on it, bro. Like, they're like, oh, these are your boxes. So I'm arguing over these boxes, and I realized I got, like, emotionally attached to something I've been painting on it. Like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> it's funny because it's like, it's and, just a box. I mean, I mean, it's it's funny, but it's like, it, it's just, it's not funny at the same time. It's kind of like more of like, it's interesting how like, you put all of your life in this box and this box became part of your life too. Yeah, and it's like, we, like, I, like, that box and with me everywhere, like I said, like five different facilities. And there have been times that cells flooded and I had to get in the box so, I, so the water wouldn't be part of the flood. So I felt like I was like a little tugboat, like a little boat. <laughs> so that box was like, yeah. it's been, it was like, went through a lot with you. Yeah, you know, it's like, if that box could tell the stories, you'd probably be saying the same stories, you know? Like, man, there have been times like, in the summertime, like, down south, it gets super hot. So... I would fill up the box of water, take all my stuff out, all my clothes and food, and and throw them on my bed and fill up the box of water so I could cool off. And it'd be like a little fake ass little kiddie pool and shit. <laughs> so it, 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 the, the box is like, like you said, they had like an interesting story, kind of like playing attached. Mm-hmm. I put a minute. I'm tripping over a box, but it's just like you say, it's like the sentimental value, like paintings and stuff, you know, like. Yeah. Like that box was like a piece of artwork as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, do you have a new box now? Yeah. So you never got. got Does it have paint on it now? Hell yeah. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I I use it now, like, to put my brushes, and like when I paint, I set up like a little desk. I use it as my little, my little brush. That, you know, mm-hmm. like a, so, you know, boxes, they, they become everything. So, like, could you like go through like your typical day? Um, like, what do you do like when you wake up and like, how, what does your day look like on a normal like you know be- before COVID? So my normal day will be, I will wake up like around six, six thirty-ish. Wake up, do my practice my hygiene, you know, brush my teeth, wash my face, uh, put on my a hot pot. Now, a hot pot is kind of like a, a coffee pot with, with like a hot plate connected to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a, a hot, just with a hot plate connected to it. Yeah. Just with a hot pot. So I get my water. You have one minute left. And I make me a cup of coffee. Oh. And then, after that, I'll probably make me breakfast and I'll get ready to go to work and I have to wait now. The doors to open up at eight o'clock. And then 
mm-hmm. and he's a correction officer. So, so I'll sign out with them, and I will walk to work. And then again, I had to sign in with another correction officer, and see the routine of setting up, put the music on, and start cleaning and prepare for, for the classes and the participants to come in. And then you would just teach all day? Yep. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Bye. Where any attempt to add a third party to any call from Illinois DOC will result in inmate disciplinary action, and the involved end user's phone number will be globally blocked from future calls from all Illinois DOC facilities. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. What's up, Mia? Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm okay. Just yeah. What's that? So I just came in from work. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dog sitting today, so you might hear some dog noises in the background. It's okay. I'm around dogs all day. Today. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> would you like to continue like the the podcast conversation from last time? Okay, so, um, before COVID, you you said that you were working as a as an instructor there, right? As a as a painting instructor. Yep. And then afterwards, yep. what changed once a uh, once the pandemic hit? Because everybody describes it as like, oh, I have to quarantine. It's like I'm in prison, and like, but what about the people who are actually in prison? Like, how can you? Quarantine someone who's already quarantined. Well, with us, it, we became like a, a real lockdown. Like they used this COVID stuff as a form of punishment. You know, like they put us on lockdown. They restricted our movement from like going to yards. Like we used to get yard every day till maybe maybe one a week, or if that, you know, according to the law, we're supposed to get like five yards a week, and we only get like. One or two is that. There's always some type of excuse that we don't get our yards and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's locked up in our rooms and ourselves. So it's like, you know, imagine yourselves being kept in a bathroom and you're not coming out for maybe like half an hour a day now when you're used to coming out from 8 to 9 o'clock, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night, 9.30. Oh, okay. Maybe 10, you know, if you got, like, laundry or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So now, you went from being out all these hours to being restrained to your room. You only come out half an hour. Some days, some days you weren't even coming out. So you have to, like, be in this tiny little room basically all day. Yeah. And, like, what what does the room look like? It's just, like, a sink and a... And a toilet and a bed? Yep. You got two beds there. Like, everything's metal. So, the the beds, they're two bunk beds. You know, metal bunk. And there's a sink, a little desk, and a toilet. And the rooms are like probably the size of some people's closets. Or maybe the actual bathrooms. Mm. Maybe 
be like like um uh, like my room is like probably like the size of uh you remember the hotel, the Ramada or Holiday Inn? Yeah. I think my bathroom is like the size of their bathroom. I mean my, my room is like the size of their they, they, they room. Okay. They so your room is the size of like that bathroom. Yeah. Oh okay. Sometimes some people's walking like a closet. Yeah. And so your time like in there, like what what would you say art has like contributed oh my goodness, I'm sorry about the squeaky toy. What how, what how would you say that the art has contributed to your to your like time being there? It helps me with my mental. Like it's like a good like, like it, it's, it's true what they say that art therapy helps people's mental health. Like I say that some if people have like some type of mental issues, any issues at all, that art actually helps with this. Like art keeps my little bit of sanity I have left. Like it keeps me put together. You know, like it helps a lot because it's a good distraction. And with all the stuff that's going on, you can actually just you get that little. How you people that be jogging, like the, that little jogger's high, you kind of get that same type of feeling when you be painting or doing art. Mm-hmm. After like COVID and stuff and not being able to do any artwork, like how has that impacted you? I, I, I kind of had lost that drive to, to, to keep doing art, like a little bit. Like it kind of felt myself like, I want to say a little bit lazy, laziness, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's focused now to do to, to and concentrate on doing work because it's like first the COVID hit and I couldn't the, the lack of supplies and then had a way to ordering supplies and stuff and then it's like now I'm trying to get back in the motions like I do still work but it's like ah, I'd rather do I got other stuff to do now you know like I gotta check on my family like stuff that I like so many people passed away over this COVID stuff and it's like, okay, now I got to stay connected to my, my loved ones because I never know when's the next time I ever go speak to them, you know. Right. They had canceled our business and stuff. Are you, like, trying to get back into that to that work mode to create more art? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll get me through that one piece, and then as soon as I get into it, I start cracking them out again. The, the, whip, the whip start getting cracked on me. I oh. get that little mind. I'll, I'll go, go, go. <laughs> Um, you had mentioned before that, like, artwork for you was a way to connect to your loved ones when you couldn't be with them. Yeah. Well, you know, when I do a piece of work for them, it's like all the hours that I put into it, it's like me being able to spend time with them or the thought of me spending time with them goes into that work. And then just like uh, the joy it brings to them, you know, like, they love it. You know, they mean? They start bragging about it, like start fighting each other because I sent somebody something and the other one didn't get nothing. <laughs> so it's kind of little, 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 uh, I guess it's a way to show some type of affection and love for them that I have for my family, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you create art for anyone else aside from, like, for family? Yeah, I got friends or sometimes some, some guys will ask me, like, hey, uh, my family member passed away. Can you do a portrait of them? Or I wanted you to do a picture of me and my girl together. Or make something for my daughter. Or 
my sister or my mom's like I just did uh, something the other day for uh, this guy that he wanted something for his mom. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was her birthday coming up. He's like, hey, man, I need something nice for my mom. Like, I, you so, know, yeah, you're taking commissions now. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's nice. You know, it, it's like I said, I never actually considered myself an artist to, like, people out there decided to consider me as an artist, you know, like, so... Mariana's friends or my sister's friends, like, oh, you're the brother that's an artist. Instead of, like, like I said, it's always been, like, stereotypes and labels in here, like, not being preferred being locked up or being in prison. Mm-hmm. So now you're the uncle that's the artist. Yeah, or the brother that's an artist. Mm-hmm. So, we, uh, your show is coming up. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that after this podcast comes out, the show will already be uh, open for uh, people to come in. How does how does that show how does that show make you feel to know that you're gonna have your first uh, your first exhibition? Man, I've been tripping out about that. Like, it's crazy that it's something so amazing like that is gonna actually happen. Coming from where I come from and going through the stores that I've been through to have some some type of like get back to the community, you know, that's something I've been wanting to do for, for years, and then to actually have something like that in process of, to happen, is like, it's like, uh, it's tripped out. Yeah, it's like, to, to do something good, and that people can actually see, and don't associate who I was, but to see who I am now, you know, like, So it's like you're literally painting a new person, like the new person who you are now. Yeah, you know, I feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm, I've been a painting. You know, uh, all the mistakes and errors I've made just come out of something beautiful, you know? Like mm-hmm. a caterpillar. goes through that whole transition of being a worm, and then it goes into the cocoon and comes out with a beautiful, uh, a beautiful creature and stuff. Yeah, literally metamorphosis. <laughs> so, I mean, for anyone who is listening, like, what would you want them to know about you or your artwork? Like, or what advice do you have for them? You know, you know, just always look at things at different perspectives, you know, like, you look at a painting, you never know. My interpretation might be different what your taste might be or what you see, you know. But always be, don't be quick to judge a person for, for their past, you know, mm-hmm. or artwork. Yeah, kind of look at it so, from all angles. Exactly. You know, like, uh, uh, what's his name? It's da- Dali. Dali? You know, okay. that's, that's, like, his painting's a lot of his paintings that he used to be doing were his, his issues with his father and his whole sexuality that he was going through. Like, I did not know that because I read his paintings. I was like, oh, I thought he was just had dropped some acid or <laughs> was on a of that stuff. Right. So, yeah, everybody has, like, their own story that they go through. Yeah. yeah and they, you know, yeah. come out of it on the other side, hopefully making art. <laughs> Like I said, with so much stuff 
down out there, you know, I think that's been something that people should get into and have like a good balance and with themselves and put them back into the universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good way to believe that you stress out, take out of canvas. Yeah, it's very therapeutic, very healing in a lot of ways. So especially with, like, I had mentioned before, like, the guys I be teaching, like, they 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 created my own style. Like, they're like, oh, that's... Maybe, because the way I be telling them, throw some paint on there, man. Like, you can't mess up. Like, if you mess up, you cover it up or wipe it off. Like, you never go wrong with painting. That's, like, a really good way of, like, looking at it because... I think, I mean, at least for me, it feels that painting is just so intimidating. It's like, oh my goodness, it's not going to turn out good. <laughs> Being in a place that I'm so restricted with so many rules, you learn to, like, being on the canvas, like, to hold, take all, all the restrictions, ain't no limit you can do as long as you push yourself. You know, it's all about your way of thinking. You always got to move forward and stay positive no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't if you paint something, you like, like, come out, you can always figure out what you went wrong, either with colors or the technique you use with your strokes to perfect what you're trying to get or get the effect you want to get, you know? That's that's the good thing about art. It's all, it's all an idly holder. Do you have any, like, plans of any artwork that you're uh, going to make or have in mind? I got some stuff in my room right now that I've been working on, and uh, hopefully I can send it out before the show. And it can be displayed there. If not, it'll be maybe the next time we have another opportunity, or you know, mm-hmm. we'll keep doing it, you know, and just keep moving forward instead of giving back to the community, you know, and it's always going to be around. It's something I got a talent for, and I kind of the realization that I had a talent for because it's like before, I like I knew I was talented, but I really wasn't didn't take it that serious to all this stuff started like flourishing for me, like being thrown in my face, like, you know, when you're driving on the highway, on the highway, you see all the signs, like, hey, you're going here, so many miles, and now it's like, so many people in my life been telling me to do this, and I got a, I feel like I do have a future with it. Yeah, that's a very positive outlook, and, um... It's like my calling, you know, like, I really take it to serious like signs and symbols and interpretation when something is like said somebody say something or something pops up you know like is that you guy are you are you telling me this when i'm supposed to be going (laughs) right yeah sometimes it just kind of hits you in like the most unexpected way you think that you know you need this huge sign but really it's just like little like suggestions here and there yeah like like the show like i'll never like you know have like being like, put in a gallery or even this podcast so like i never like wait a minute okay i'm supposed to be doing this i'm not, i'm on the right track i guess since everything that i've been doing is leading me in this path so i gotta keep going and listening you know that's all about it so your perception and always staying focused, there's always some type of distraction. But you gotta stay with it, you know? We mm-hmm. all go through hardships, we all have hard times, no matter 
circumstances that we go through, but we always got to stay focused and don't lose sight uh, on your on your goals. Like a painting, once you start it, you might sketch something, and then you're done when you when you sign it. I had like a everything in here is is routines. It's like a it's like a cycle where everything repeats itself. Mm-hmm. So normally, like I said, everything is a is a cycle and it repeats itself. So my day before COVID would be like I would get up, make a cup of coffee, eat something, go to work. I'll go set up. I might by, by me going to work I either help somebody out. Like cause it's not a real actual class. It's just more like tips. Mm-hmm. Like we help somebody get whatever part they struggling at. Like you might have a guy that he's having trouble mixing colors. You don't know. Yeah, but it's like it's not really teaching. It's more like giving guys tips and advice on how to get their goal or the effect they're trying to achieve. Right. Like that, that they'll have problems mixing the colors, and I always refer them to use like learn the color wheel. Just like your basics, primary colors and secondary colors. Mm-hmm. You know, your red, your yellow. You know, there's so many colors that come from that. Like I think it's like three million thousand that you get from from three colors. And once you learn that, you that's like the basics, and you could get where you're trying to go by just learning the basic color wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. And you guys that have like brush strokes like they be messing up like when you take a picture of a painting and you got like little white spots it's because they use a lot of paint so i tell them to use like crosses or x's to get into that the pores of the canvas or if you're trying to get like that little smooth transition you use like a little glaze you know depending so you don't get that little impasto look like oh clumpy and builds up a painting areas. Right. Like oh, different like from the way you mix it, you put your medium into it. Or type of brush you use like you use your your bristol, your hog hair, your sable, or your tagline. So each brush has its own special unique technique to, to you use. So how what are what were your hours of work how how much time did you spend working i got, I got some crazy hours like it, it's like you got from eight to ten in the morning then from one to three then at night you'll have like a class from like six thirty to eight thirty okay and it all depends who comes over and what they might need help with Okay, so you have like a pretty like you have different like times of the day where people can go and get help from you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good because it helps us out and it's like we learn from each other like certain guys like the different mediums they use and you like, oh, how you get that effect? <laughs> Y'all learn from each other. It's like a better, it's like a real art community when you go to like, like, a, like here it's called like an art room. And it's like a 
real like a community of artists that just come there. We all just learn from each other. That's yeah. That's kind of like the art community that I'm used to, where like you know, yeah. I, I, I teach a class with kids sometimes, and you have an idea of what you want them to do, and then they're like, "No, I'm not gonna do it." And so then you can only kind of guide them to accomplish what they want to do. <laughs> or other times they're really, really into a project. So it's just like you kind of have to play it by ear. Yeah. Like, so, like, there's, there's four of us that be teaching over there mm-hmm. that are all instructors. And all of us have different methods. Like, one of, the, one of them, he'll probably, like, show you by helping you on your own painting and that's his way of teaching you me i grab my own painting and whatever the problem is that a person has i'll just show them my own painting or stuff like that you know it's all it's all how how to get there achieve the goal you know mm-hmm. and i learned by having this job like a lot of people like they can't really phantom it, like grasp it. So it's like you gotta break it down the most simplest way. And it's like a lot of us that here, we already either finished high school or grammar school, you know. Mm-hmm. So they so those child's mentality of learning things. So the easiest way is to find something that that that's their interest. Is by teaching you know? art. I think as an adult, you kind of forget how to have fun sometimes. It's because everything's so serious and everything's always on a go, 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 and we really, really don't take no time to like enjoy the finer things of life. Right. Like, everything is work, children, bills, and drama. Oh no, I don't want any more drama. <laughs> Would you say that creating art helps you stay positive? Yeah, it keeps me focused, and it, it just keeps me on the on a, on a path that I'm supposed to keep walking on. Yeah, so it's like really nice to like feel like you found your purpose with teaching art. You know, it, it, you know, we all have our struggles, and it's, it's just like learning how to deal with the outcomes that we put ourselves in or situations. You know, there's always going to be like a light at the tunnel. No matter how bad things get, there's something, there's a day, there's, there's a tomorrow when things will get better. So, um, before we wrap this up, is there any last uh, piece of advice that you want to put out there? Piece of advice, huh? Uh, you know, just get into art. You might enjoy it, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
since they huge. They might they might find something out as they do it about themselves, you know. Right. Yeah, so um thank you everyone for listening. Uh please remember to uh rate and share this episode. It helps us bring you more episodes in the future. And any anything else? <laughs> anything else? Oh, uh, you know, they can reach me yet, you know. If you can get all my information, if they want to contact me, if they want some more work, if they like it, you know. Okay, go ahead. I'm also, I'm also other than an artist, I'm also a therapist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unlicensed. <laughs> Unlicensed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, where would they be able to reach you? Well, my contact info is, uh, my name is William Lopez. You got to put my ID number, which is R66849. Mm-hmm. And my address is 2600 North Brinton Avenue, Dixon, Illinois, 61401. Okay. And they can contact you if they want any commissions or anything? Yeah. Right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and tune back next week for another episode. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.